0: Let me introduce
1: you. Let me introduce you. Yes, let me introduce you. let me introduce you. Happy New Year. Happy New Season. Yay. Welcome. Whoa, whoa. Yay. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay. Welcome to uh, Season 2 of Let Me Introduce You. I'm one of your three hosts. My name is Graham, and I am here with two fabulous fabulous ladies mm. we have
0: katie i am sort of fabulous but happy happy to be here i'm one of your fabulous hosts
2: she's definitely fabulous absolutely. Yeah, of... what <laughs> are
1: you talking about no
0: <laughs> i mean
2: i just got a leopard print rug for my new office so yeah i'm fucking uh, fabulous yeah, you are. <laughs>
1: and you and you yeah, are and what's your name <laughs>
2: no i'm ashley i told them my name Oh, you did. I'm okay, Ashley. you
1: were so distracted yeah, by your it. fabulousness. You we were so distracted
2: out. by my fabulousness. It's okay. It's fun.
1: If you are new to our show, we are three dear, dear best friends from film school about 20 years ago, and we have tons in common. We love each other. We love everything about each other. And yet, we have mostly a very mostly because we have very different tastes in in film, especially this week. And yes, <laughs> so each week, one of us, within a theme, will introduce the others to uh, p- a film in that theme, whether we love or hate that movie or just want to talk about it. And for the first theme of our new season, a- we are doing book-to-movie adaptations, and we're calling this theme Book
2: It! Book It! Book it. Oh, my God, I have yeah. so many good memories of Book It as a kid. Yeah, How many too. personal pan bomb? pizzas did you get? Because, like, so, I got so many.
1: So Book It was, like, a partnership with Pizza Hut, right? And, it, mm-hmm. yes. and you had to finish... You guys remember how many books you had to finish?
0: Nope, like ten.
1: That's a lot.
0: That's what I would cheat.
1: I would always cheat (gasps) so I could get that personal pan pizza.
0: How did you cheat? Did you like fake signatures? Oh, oh, okay. Oh
1: yeah, I was like, yeah, because I know your teacher had
0: to sign the form. And then you bring the formed Pizza Hut, and then they give you the personal pan, oh, yeah. which had the perfect combination of, like, oh, like God, cheesy, God. crusty, caramelized wonderfulness. It's
1: so good. I want to get one now.
2: Remember oh, when Pizza Huts were actual restaurants? And, oh, like, God, yes. they, they had the not? little stained glass classy. lampshades and then the salad bar with the sneeze guard? I miss an actual mm. Pizza Hut.
1: I miss a, I miss a buffet.
0: I heard that before kale was like a big thing. Pizza Hut was the biggest purveyor of kale because they used it as the garnish on their on their salad stations.
1: I believe that. I'm into it. I'm into it. I believe. Well, that. Ever the uh, always ahead of its time, always setting setting. <laughs> what's the word? The innovative. The pizza innovation hut. of pizza. setting
2: trends. Just and one of us, one of us on this podcast, may have made out with a manager of a Pizza Hut.
0: I'm glad that's not It's funny. Ashley.
1: <laughs> Listen, oh being God. a manager of a Pizza Hut in the UK <laughs> was actually a big deal. He spoke four languages. He spoke four languages. He had a faux hug, and he was a pretty good kisser. I remember he invited us impressed. back to his apartment, and I was like, no, I don't want to. He goes...
0: You don't go... To, you don't go to a second location with a manager of a pizza hut.
1: I mean, I, know, I have no problems with that. <laughs> in a that, foreign but country. He was, but he, out of nowhere, he goes, Don't worry, I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. I'm not going to butcher it. He goes, Don't worry, there are no spiders in my apartment. And I go, I have all the things to say to me. Oh, oh by all means, I'm coming. Since there's no <laughs> spiders, I actually remember that.
2: The I mean, you you hadn't seen arachnophobia up to this point, right? Of course, I had. You know, you no, you had. had. I had. It was
0: his movie. Oh, yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, yeah, yes, you yes, had
1: seen yes. arach- so clearly. That was not a good thing to pick. Oh my god. Oh my, oh my god. God, you know, I totally forgot about that. When, the, the, apparently, you didn't because you brought it up, right? <laughs> Out of oh, nowhere. I mean, I remember <laughs> the event because. We were out of the, the club. And I got to like me, see like... us
2: dancing, and then I was like, "Oh, Graham's making out. Way to go, get it!" The yeah.
1: yeah. things get we it. do. The things we do when we're twenty-two. So, my, this week was was my pick, and I'm.
0: <laughs> yeah, Graham, it sure was. It, it was my pick,
1: pick, and let me just preface this by saying that when I sat down to watch this film with with my partner Brandon two nights ago, and it began. About five minutes in, I texted y'all and said, "I am so sorry for what I'm about to do to you." That's
0: that's all it takes. Five minutes. Five Five, minutes. I had the same reaction. I looked at my. I paused it, and I was like, "Oh, it's five minutes in."
1: Okay. Yep. Yep. And and we before the movie, we went and got burritos, and I was like, "Let's get some wine for the weekend, like the whole weekend." Oh no. And we finished an entire bottle in like (laughs) twenty minutes, and then. Of this hour and forty minute movie, which was much longer than it needed to be, right? I walk in and I, and I just go to the kitchen and bring out the other bottle. I go, "We need, we need this to make it through what we're about oh, we, to witness."
0: <laughs> we have a hard rule in our house: you never open a second bottle of wine.
1: That's a terrible. It a, rule.
0: It's a hard learned rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a hard learned rule all around. We never open a second bottle of
1: so, wine. So I, I, after this, I should start abiding by that role katie yeah <laughs> so we are talking today a so book to film adaptations i'm not gonna call this a film it's a it's barely it's a, a movie. movie it's it's barely we a movie, are starting yeah. with the childhood heavily heavily quotations here childhood classic the <laughs> new adventures of pippi longstocking based on the Swedish book series hugely successful oh, Swedish book series by Astrid Lindgren. I mean this I mean people, people who don't even know this movie know who Pippi Longstocking is. So before we get to the synopsis, this film was released in the summer of 1988 and it opened in 16th place the weekend it came out and made $900,000 <gasps> oh, that weekend on its way on its way to 3.6 million out of a 8 to 10 million dollar budget Oof. this was the summer of who framed Roger Rabbit oh coming to america and big <gasps> oh that's a hard so, summer yeah this also opened the same weekend as tom cruise's cocktail oh,
0: and monkey shines movie. anyone
1: monkey shines and about the killer monkey no
0: no I confuse it with Monkey Bone, which was later.
1: No, Nope. Don't know either. There's a lot to talk about with this movie, because you truly can't go back to some childhood films.
2: But I, I would just like to acknowledge more of the redhead representation. Oh my God, I so mean, much. I mean, what up? I don't know if this is a, a like kind of redhead representation.
0: This, this might not help your representation.
2: You so, know what? It just goes to show that redheads can do or be anything, including a terrible film.
1: Yes. Well, because like Pippi was, a, it has been a huge deal in, in Sweden for so long and there were lot, tons of movies and TV shows. So this was the first kind of American attempt at, at capitalizing on, on those books. It says New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. It's basically like the first book just adapted. I will say that it was filmed. In Jacksonville, Florida.
0: I saw that.
1: Hometown connection for you. Fernandina Beach. It was the, all the interiors were filmed at my local, I'm from Jacksonville, y'all, were filmed in the local TV station. So, again, that's a little connection that I have with this movie. But before we dive into this Truly Bananas movie, Katie, you have the... I don't know if it's the the joy of, of uh, <laughs> you have the, the displeasure of Oh let's have fun with it. <laughs> no, I love it'll it. It'll be It'll be great. Here we go. Here are new adventures of Pippi Longstocking.
0: Okay, so let's jump into the acid trip that is this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we start on a very jovial, clearly not sound staged at all pirate boat where <laughs> The teen sprite, and I'm convinced by the end, either dead or evil incarnate, Pippi Longstocking (laughs) and her father, Captain Ephraim Longstocking, sing pirate songs alongside the other bare-bones and non-threatening pirate staff. Mm -hmm. As the pirate ship approaches an island of cannibals, there is a giant volcano that somehow triggers a lightning storm, and Pippi is thrown into the sea along with her father, her horse Alfonso and her monkey Doctor Niel- Mister Nielsen Doctor mm-hmm. I just gave him a doctorate.
1: He deserves that. He deserves it. He's been through a no- he's been through a lot. He's- <laughs> of course,
0: he talks. <laughs> Extremely unconcerned for her welfare and safety, a reoccurring theme for all the adults in this film. Ephraim tells his daughter to head to Villa Villacula, where she will be safe. Then, without concern for time, space, location, or meaning, we wind up in a small 1950s town with two children, Tommy and Annika, as they scope out the abandoned house next to theirs. A house called Villa Villa A clearly evil and menacing man, as evidenced by his teardrop tattoo and black nail polish, Mr. Blackheart, oh, and his teeth, yes, of course, his teeth. Mr. Blackheart and his two cronies scope out the house as potential flip property. Later that night, the kids, left alone by their parents, go to investigate the abandoned house, looking for ghosts, and stumble upon Ms. Pippalata Delicatessen Window Shade Longstocking, who has taken up residence in the house with her horse and monkey. No explanation as to how she got there, but <laughs> sure. Pippi befriends Tommy and Annika. I'm convinced only to eventually try to murder them, <laughs> as we're taken through a series of quote-unquote wacky adventures. Like making them clean her home, throwing candy and ice cream in the face of local orphans, and putting them in constant danger, eventually leading to Pippi kidnapping the two children under the guise of running away and trying to kill them by either pointing a gun at them, drowning them, poisoning them with dinosaur eggs, or throwing them off a waterfall. (laughs) The the no-nonsense...
1: You're not wrong. You're
2: not no, wrong. Not. You're not wrong.
0: The no nonsense owner of the local orphanage, Eileen Brennan, is Ms. Bannister, is at her wit's end and gets Pippi to finally attend the orphanage where she most obviously does not fit in. How can anyone discipline the whirlwind that is Pippi Longstocking? After saving some children from a fire that she definitely in no way had any hand in starting, She returns home just in time for Christmas, where her father inexplicably decides to show up for one night before abandoning the 10-year-old girl and leaving her to wreak havoc on the town and its inhabitants. The end.
1: That is perfect. Perfection, Katie. Yeah, well done. Thank
0: you. You clearly prepare for
1: these synopses.
0: (laughs) If I don't, I screw them up.
2: That's my my method. My method is screw it up, wait for somebody else to jump in and fix it for me.
1: No!
0: You
2: know...
1: You know, y'all, you can't win them all here.
0: (laughs) Graham, why did you... Okay, so why did you pick this movie?
1: So I was just thinking of... I wish I could give you a concrete reason. I kind of was just like, oh, that's a book-to-movie adaptation. That'd be kind of fun to revisit because this was a movie that was on in our household constantly. Really? Constantly. It was part of that grouping of Troop Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. Teen Witch, Grease 2, and this, for some reason to remind the viewers, I have two older sisters. So they really kind of decided what we were watching a lot of the time. And I, you know, twist my arm. You want me to watch movies, but like strong female leads, of course, Mm -hmm. like I'm in. So this was on a lot. I remember watching the video a lot and thinking at the time that this was a fun romp. And, you know, she was a fun character and all, all, all the kooky things they get into and watching it now. My <laughs> God, she is a psychopath.
0: yes, I'm like I'm like she's either a psychopath or a sociopath like she doesn't feel she's feelings one of the paths. except happy
1: like we were trying to she... diagnose this character yeah. while we we're watching it. we came up with a legal term
2: okay, I was gonna be like because you legit should because she clearly has not processed her mother's death like.
1: I want to get to that in a minute, but we kept trying to find ways to describe her, and we came across the legal concept of moral turpitude. Has anyone ever heard of this legal concept?
2: Yes, but please explain
1: it. No,
0: but I'm excited. It's a legal
1: concept that refers to an act or behavior that gravely violates the sentiment or accepted standards of the community, and Pippi is all over this. (laughs) Oh, my God. She is unhinged. This character is unhinged. This movie is beyond badly made. The editing is yes. is out of control. The scene transitions are They don't make sense. Let's talk about Pippi herself. Poor Tammy Aaron. It was her first role. Let's talk about the cast. She beat out 8,000 other characters. Girls who auditioned for this character. And I have to wonder, really? She was the best of the lot.
2: It's because she had so many skills. She could do gymnastics, she could sing, she could dance. Could could she? She was that real like nineteen eighties I've got multiple skill sets yeah, actress.
1: I just was was taken aback by I'm guessing it's like it's the director's fault here. She was poorly directed, but she's one of the most obnoxious lead characters. In a movie that I I think I've ever seen, and I can't. It's pretty believe, bad. This is the kind of movie that that I am looking back and thinking, what were my parents thinking when we were watching this? <laughs> yes, like that's what
0: I was thinking too. I was like, why did Graham's parents let him watch
1: this? I just I don't understand. Or but this is like a beloved film for lots and lots of people, and I'm wondering, have you watched it recently, as you're an adult? Because there's so many things that when you're younger, you you really really enjoy, and then you get older, and you're like, hmm, wait a minute.
0: This I don't. I don't know up. about
1: this because I'm totally on the adult side of this movie
0: completely. But the adults suck too. They the adults just, like, are
1: terrible. There's two. Every there's two adult. good adults. There's two good adults in this movie. But let's run down a couple other people in the cast because we we do have Eileen Brennan from Who, Clue. Is she
0: drunk the whole this whole movie? was this before she went to rehab.
1: This was four years after. This is three years after Clue.
0: This is after Clue. Weird. She seems drunk the whole movie.
1: She, I mean, she's around Pippi, so of course she's drunk. That's you, got, you have to.
0: <laughs> or maybe it was the character. I was like, I'm waiting I think for it's the, the character, character to be drunk.
2: I think. I think she's just supposed to be portrayed as this like awful person who runs a children's home, which legit. So my dad actually grew up in children's home. I did not know until I was an adult that that was basically like foster care orphanages, like just the stories we tell ourselves as kids, right? But I feel like she really played that I am a mean, not like henchwoman, but just like mean headmistress. Kind of like in Matilda,
1: right? So she was awarded a nomination for this film. No. For for Worst Supporting Actress in the (laughs) Razzies. I don't think, I actually think she's one of the only good things about this movie. Mm -hmm. I guess I just have a soft spot for her. She's given so little to do and just does whatever she can with it. I do want to point out that the father in this movie is Dennis Dugan. Do you know who Dennis Dugan is? Wait,
2: Tommy and Annika's yeah. father?
1: Yeah. Okay. He is the director of Happy Gilmore. He is the director of Problem Child, Big Daddy. Wow. He's oh an no. Adam Sandler guy. So he, this is like the last movie he did, and then he went directly to, to directing big screen comedies i just thought that was pretty interesting
0: that's bananas i had no idea
1: he's much better at directing comedies he's exactly.
0: not good at acting
1: tommy and uh Annika suck
0: yeah they, they do. are
1: terrible in this movie i but when i was younger i had a crush on tommy i don't know i don't know
0: why <laughs> well i mean you, you see kind of his, like you see his butt. you know
1: i i just you know really into bland men and i even at age of seven, <laughs> can
0: brandon hear you
1: He's in the other room. <laughs> Brandon is amazing. Brandon is not bland, but at we the time, Brandon. as a seven-year-old boy, I was like, I just really like a, a boy without a personality. <laughs> it's because
2: you had enough for the both but, of you. So
1: this. <laughs> for, ten, for ten people. Annika is stiff as a. P- or her whatever. hair.
0: I blame it on her hair. It was like that little like Lego helmet hair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I... This was directed by Ken Anakin, who it was his last film that he ever directed. His. Out of shame Most, or because he died? I think he died like years and years later. But so shame. But he slowly over time of shame. He has two credits that you might be surprised with. He directed Swiss Family Robinson for Walt oh. Disney back in the 60s. And he does have an Oscar nomination from the 60s for the Wright Brothers film, Those Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines. So he's hmm. has some pedigree there. But you wouldn't know it with what's on the screen, right? I mean, she... No. Uh, It's just, y'all, it's like when you watch something that you have such an affinity for when you're younger and you're just like, oh my God, this is actually like, gives a horrible message to children. And I am so taken aback. So I've talked a lot. Katie Ashley, what do you think about this movie? If you could pick something you will not forget from it, what would it be? So as I'm watching this, I have memories of
2: like, oh, yeah, I did watch this as a kid because mm. I, was, I was Pippi Longstocking in first grade for Halloween, right? Put the pipe cleaners in my hair. I also, in the last couple of years, my sister-in-law at her school, they teach Pippi Longstocking and they actually do a partnership with like the local Swedish institute and like every kid gets a copy and they do this whole unit, so like I also dressed up as Pippi and was like all kind of wild or whatever. What I will not forget about this film is how, of the time, it is. It's not a musical, but they break out into song a lot, so that is just. What And it doesn't always make sense why. They'll just suddenly start singing and then like mm-hmm. Tommy and Annika would just know the words. Right. But it was it was that such late 80s brand of music and synth that I was instantly transported back and not in a way that I ever wanted to be. Those were just the two <laughs> the biggest things where I'm like, this clearly doesn't take place in the 80s. But it boy, it's
1: real 80s. It's very 80s. The music is... its Super 80s. It is so 80s. There are some bops. There are some bops, I will <laughs> I, say. I was,
0: I was singing that Pippi Lung Socky, like the theme song, after I turned it off, it kind of... Well, also, I watched through the whole credits, but it just in head. You did? Oh, my head. God. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I was doing mi- other missed... things
2: while watching. I just was like, I cannot commit my whole attention to this.
0: <laughs> after after I missed the post credit scene for... Idiocracy. Now I'm like, goddamn. The thing that I don't think I'll forget about it is just how creepy this. This to me was like, if you tweak like very very small things, this is this is essentially like a horror movie for
2: me. I was gonna say, (laughs) did you want to re-edit this as a horror? Yes,
1: I think it's. it's It
0: it would take two seconds because it it very clearly is a horror movie. I and it's it's funny. It makes me in my head. I almost want to like rewrite it where either Pippi is dead this whole time and the kids get roped into all these antics and the kids are actually like terror like tommy and Annika are terrorizing the town and like it, it seems like someone's vision is happening on screen and we are seeing the vision we're not seeing reality mm-hmm. so in my head i keep thinking i'm like okay this is clearly the vision of whatever crazy person head we're in, whether it's Pippi, whether it's Tommy and Annika. So I'm like, I want to know what they're like, what actually was happening during this time. But yeah, it was
1: I think you batanas. touched upon something that could be really cool. Katie It's like, <laughs> she actually doesn't really exist. And yeah, some, and something like that. Have made it up.
0: Yeah. or Or like Pippi, the other the other. F- flip is that is that Pippi has been in the orphanage this since her mother died and this is the whole world she's created in her head but she got like like maybe she's in like juvenile hall or something because she wound up like killing her father and that's why he's not around but she can't admit it like there's there's something there i just don't know what it is but that's how i keep looking
1: at copyright us don't take our ideas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the creator I'm, I'm of Sippy Longstocking would like, be
0: very happy if I did that. That with my that
1: is so intriguing, Katie. I have <laughs> now. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna rewatch this movie ever again. But <laughs> if I ever find myself in a position where I have to, with like my nieces, I'm gonna start watching it through that lens.
2: Yeah. I feel like this could have so this is not how it would have been filmed and even Astrid Lindgren was very hesitant she to was. have this movie made. Even
0: after the the like the one in the 60s in Sweden and like at the TV show she was nervous not to have Not the it in TV America. it
2: was this this one to have it kind of americanized, americanized. and to be made uh, again because she felt like it she didn't think it would be done very well. Surprise. And it was actually one of the producers the produ- one of the producers, his two daughters, were such huge Pippi fans. And she met them and was like, okay, you can do it. And I want to be like, oh, Astrid, I wish you hadn't. You know. <laughs> I hope she
1: got some money. I hope she got
2: I hope she got paid. They better have made it rain with that $10 million I dollar so. budget. God. I feel like Whoa. maybe. What what works really well in books, which doesn't work as well in film. And this is this is part of why adaptations are actually some of the hardest things to write. So when we were in film school, the movie that I've chosen, which I won't mention yet, just you'll have to keep listening. But the movie that I chose was the first movie I ever wanted to write. And when we we all took screenwriting together, one and two, and they were talking about how, you know, writing in general is difficult. Screenwriting is even harder because you have to pack so much in so little space. And then the next level of difficulty is doing adaptations. And I think for a lot of children's books, you can essentially tell a story per chapter, and they don't have to be this clear, like linear line of storytelling of like, and then this happened, and then the next day this happened. You know, you can kind of tell these little vignettes. And kids, you know, especially for the level this is written at, you're taking those little pieces and you, and it's very interesting and it's exciting, but as a film being told in a very linear day after day fashion, like I couldn't tell how much time was passing. Like, was this all supposed to happen within a couple of weeks? And then suddenly it was Christmas, but where was this being like, where was this supposed to take place if it was in the U S but it's warm at Christmas? I was like, I feel like this would have been done a lot better if it had been a, just a series of film vignettes, just kind of like pieced mm, together.
1: Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. like what they did with Winnie the Pooh with Disney, like the many adventures of Winnie the oh, Pooh. Yes. It was just like yeah. four shorts put together or three three shorts yeah. put together. I completely agree. Yeah.
2: And then you can actually see like the time changes. Yeah. But it's like, here's all of this literal insanity happening yeah. back
1: to back to back to back. And I think for for you to buy into this story, you have to understand, you have to, they, they didn't really explain her character at all. Why does she have mm-hmm. magical powers? How is she that strong? She can lift up her horse, Alfonso, with one arm. How is she able to, like, spin so fast that she can make a plane go off the ground yeah, as they're yes. running away? Use some voiceover, for fuck's sake. How How can she make her a motorcycle... Fly in the air, like none of this is explained. And as you're a kid, you're like, I don't care. They're it's flying, yay! But as a just in terms of storytelling, give us something to latch on to here. You know,
0: it's funny. She she speaks to the camera once in the whole movie. She speaks directly to the camera once, and I was like, so to only use that that trick once. I was like, okay, weird. But you could have used it to explain some of that, or like have. Develop her character a bit more.
1: Give us a Zach Morris timeout. You know, timeout. This is what's going on here. Well, Katie, what part was it that she spoke to the camera? I can't remember.
0: I think it was when Eileen Brennan comes to the house the first time to try to get her to go to the orphanage mm. because then Pippi is like, "Don't go in the house. There's whatever that nonsense is on the floor." And Eileen Brennan's like, "You're ridiculous." Splunks. And then she looks Pip. Yes, yeah, blunts And then Pippi looks at the camera. She's like, "I warned her."
1: That's true, yeah,
2: I feel like if yeah. they had employed that a bit more, it would have actually made this make more sense.
1: yeah, I, yeah how do they
0: how do they explain it in the books?
1: I don't recall. so like
0: yeah, like I read these books as a kid, but I cannot remember. I meant I to just,
2: reread. I was going to read all of the books.
0: I'm gonna reread this, next next. No,
2: you sure.
1: weren't. are you serious? I meant to. Oh wow, that's really good. <laughs> but I didn't.
2: <laughs> I intended well, to.
1: This definitely looks like a film that has that was like put through the shredder in terms of editing. Oh, so yeah. maybe maybe they did. I ha- mean, for it to be a hundred minutes long, anyway, we put this on and we thought it was an eighty-minute movie, and then I press pause I thought, yeah. and I go, Brandon, this is an hour and forty minutes long. My God, how are we going to make it through this? There's a couple scenes I want to talk about. Yes, I do want to talk about the songs again. The music is by Misha Siegel. The only reason I bring him up is because another one of his credits was he wrote the music for The Facts of Life Goes to Paris. Oh my god, yes! The Facts of (laughs) Life. I love The Facts of Life. I love The The Facts facts of Life. life. Have you never watched The Facts of Life, Katie? Mm -mm. It's on every day on Logo TV for like four hours, so get in (laughs) on it.
0: Like I know the theme song and I know like the concept, but I've never watched
1: it. But the theme song of this movie is very catchy. yes. And I encourage everybody to get that earworm in your head because you need to suffer just like us. Yes. Here is a scene where they all clean Pippi's house to a song called Scrubbing Day. Mm-hmm. And I have been singing that in the house for three days.
2: <laughs> have you also fashioned roller skates that are brushes and been scrubbing yes. your floors?
1: Because Scrubbing Day is my favorite day because on Scrubbing Day, we get wild and we get wet. <laughs>
0: So a note on the songs as well, that running away song
1: that they sing like,
0: yeah, they sing like four times when they're in. I don't know if they're singing the running away song or if it's another song that they're singing, but they're in the barrels in the river.
1: (sighs) Almost falling off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Going to going to fall off the, the waterfall. But before they get there, they're singing something. And I caught the lyric. We're looking at all these people below. We're too high to hear them scream. And I'm like, Jesus. what?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. They're too high to hear them scream.
0: Yes. <laughs> they sing it just like that. And I'm like, this is, this just furthers my cause. This is a horror movie. Yes. But yes. Yes. I and fully then believe it, this.
1: There is the music cue. So there's a scene where, so she's at the orphanage. And mm-hmm. she ends up in the attic. And who's in the attic but this creepy guy who just I know. Is hiding There's up in there. There's a man
0: living in a children's attic. That's not really weird at all. Is that
2: his name? Greg?
1: He's he's like the guy yeah, who's yeah, like, the... hey, I invented this special glue. Mm. Dick Van Patten. Dick Van Patten from 8 is Enough. And he's like, whoa, well, I, I created this special glue. And if you put it on your feet, you can walk on the walls. And she's like, I'm so scared. And then he puts her on the wall. She takes a step, and the music cue to a song called Sticky Situation is so out of nowhere that it's like, whoa, it goes, Sticky Situation. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. But too. it's like there's no lead up, it's just like that lyric. And you're like, wait, whoa, we're now in a musical number.
2: And <laughs> I love how it's like, Pippi before was so like, if you just believe in things, right? And then she goes to the children's home and it's like she's betrayed everything. And then crazy old guy, it's like, you just have to believe in yourself. She's like,
1: yeah. And and like the, when she implements that message in the movie, it's like, well, I can fly. You just have to believe in yourself. No, no, you can't no. fly. Mm-mm. No, you're on. Yeah. The, you have to get down from that tree, young man. Young ma'am. <laughs> 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 there is a scene transition in this film that is Goes down in history in my family. Okay, I don't know if you caught this. Maybe Ashley, because you said she wasn't paying as much attention, and I totally understand. They are going on a like a ride in the town. Pippi is in a, on a horse in that yellow dress, which is terrible. And they stop by the orphanage, and they're singing "Pippi Longstocking is coming." And they go, "Wow, what's that? Is that where you go to school?" And Tommy and Annika go, "No, that's where the orphans live. That's where." Kids go when the parents don't want them. And then the second it goes, Pippi long <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, Ashley? That was so weird. Because I was like, oh, so harsh. Out of control. Out of control. I just, again, again, this film, uh, uh, there's just so much that, there's so much waste in it too. The, the wasting of food in this movie
0: I know! It really did upset me when the... So, you know, Pippi and Tommy and Annika see the orphans waiting in line to get their hair cut and their teeth pulled. Well, sure, you know? and It's a two-for-one. Yeah, it's a 2 for And Pippi's like, oh, all kids need ice cream and candy, so... Pippi has this unending amount of Spanish gold that apparently people just accept as tender. Mm. and
2: <laughs> Because she's overpaying them, because it's actually worth way more. This girl does sure. need math.
0: If she it's does. indeed real. So Tommy and Annika go to the ice cream truck and buy all the ice cream and all the candy that the I'm ice sorry, cream truck has. And
2: 240 O'Henry bars, please.
0: What? Yes, it's a very exact number. And then instead of giving the candy and ice cream to the children... They decide to throw it at them, throw it, or at throw them. it on the floor, or throw it on the ground. And there was there was, again. I I know I don't. I seem to be like repeating my theme here, but there there's the scene where they're throwing the ice cream at the kids, and then you get a couple close up shots of the kids catching and eating the ice cream, and just the looks on their faces. I kept thinking, I'm like. Well, there's a cannibal story at the start of this. The dad is the cannibal tribe. He's the king of the cannibal tribe of the Curry Islands, and Pippi Longstocking has just given all these children free ice cream. And the way that they look and the close ups, I'm like waiting, I'm like, this ice cream's made out of people. No, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't green. help it.
1: Katie, it is I cream. want to be in your head sometimes. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I watching that scene it really upset me.
0: What? Oh, kinda, because it, they waste?
1: Well, that, I was just like, these poor orphans. They just, like, it reminded me of Trump throwing paper, paper towels, towels at people in Puerto Rico. I was like, that is just, the visual, I just hated it. And it just also looks so gross. Hand them the ice cream. Hand it I to know. them. It's really not that difficult. Apparently, it was so hot that day that all the close-ups are them actually eating ice cream, but the rest of it are is mashed potatoes.
2: <laughs> Ew.
1: And sure. can you imagine the smell of that set? Of that street after they make that scene. It's pretty gross. Disgusting. And yes, the adults are all horrible in this. There's only one adult that puts her in her place. Do you know who that adult is? So tell me, Nanica's mom? It's the teacher. Oh, that's oh, right. She does. She says, so they go to, she, Pippa does not go to school, and she's just like watching the kids from the tree outside and the it's teacher's not a branch. Like, just, just real creepy. Like, creepy-like. I am distracted. You need to like move. I am trying to teach these children. And Pippi's just like, I don't know. Hi, I'm just here looking. <laughs> and then she says, I'd like to help you, but you make that impossible. And I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> but she, she she, offers to have, she's like, Pippi, if you want, you can come in and learn. But there were only two parts of this movie that I actually liked. Okay. <laughs> and they were very, very quick. Yes. The first one is seeing a horse go down the stairs.
2: I mean, yes. I was
0: very impressed seeing a horse go downstairs. Yeah. But the second one was at that scene it was the one joke that I laughed at and you know, it's it's right after the teacher says like stop distracting and she closes the windows and Pippi's there with the monkey, Mr. Nielsen, and she says to the monkey, Well, I guess we'll just have to stay stupid and the <laughs> monkey goes, Oh yeah <laughs> It made me laugh. That was the only thing in the whole movie that made me laugh. I just
1: see you in your in your house being like
0: <laughs> I was. I was I was like teehee <laughs>
2: This shows how fully I bought into the insanity that the premise of this film set up. Because I was like, oh, that teacher is kind of mean. Like, you should be teaching anyone.
1: No, I think she put her in her place and that was good. Because she just got away with everything. And there was no repercussions for her behavior. When When there is a fire at the orphanage and she saves the children, which yay, everyone's like, you're a hero. Oh my god, I misjudged you. I'm like, she's still insane. Like, she still cannot be trusted. If you invite her to your house for dinner, she will put her face in a cake that you've made for her.
2: She will also pour all the sugar on the ground to feel it between her toes.
1: Unhinged. Can you imagine that child coming to your house? No. And, you know, it's funny. You
0: were talking about her characterization. She flips so much. Because, like, so, so Mr. Blackheart and his two, like, goonies... Or you kind of lose their thread throughout the movie, but there's a there's a point where they're like, if we take away her animals, we can get the house. And everyone's like, no, Pippi's never going to leave her animals; they're her life. And then she runs away with Tommy and Annika, leaving the animals behind, or she goes to the yes, orphanage and leaves the animals behind. Right.
2: Is this just further proof that maybe the animals are figments of her imagination?
0: I think it's all figments of her imagination. This is brilliant. But you guys also said that, like, you know that thing where the glue man had to convince her that she could do anything when she'd been saying that the whole movie. But also if Pippi was so in love with her animal, specifically a horse, and then she meets a glue man, she (gasps) is going to hate the glue man. Yeah. She's not going to like the glue man.
1: So I'm watching this. I'm
0: like, nothing makes sense. Nothing computes. This is a character that does not make sense at all.
1: Wow. (laughs) I did not think about that.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that shows her
2: like further disconnection from reality because, okay. Okay. Here's the thing. She would hate I've the glue you man. sold on my theory. Yes. Yes, I'm completely sold. Except <laughs> I'm, using- all, I'm
1: always into your theories, Katie. You've brought so much to this podcast. Good. good, good.
2: <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. If she lived on a boat mm-hmm. and occasionally stopped in and out, would she know that glue used to be
1: made from horses? I don't know. I don't know. That's a... See, Ashley always... Bringing it, a point out of left field, trying tank. to bring logic into something that is clearly
2: illogical. Y'all <laughs> so illogical! I have been so. As we've mentioned, I'm a children's librarian. I have been planning a literary three-quarter sleeve tattoo for like four or five years. Right now, haven't gotten it yet. Also, a little bit glad because I was going to include Pippi Longstocking and Mister <laughs> Nelson. Ruined. Ruined. And, ruined and now, like,
0: <laughs> I don't I think that. I can. That would be so funny. And this if movie we made you watch this it? and you had that. And
2: this is the thing, like some sometimes you really cannot go back home, right? Like I am a little bit scared when we're gonna pick my movie because I have not reread and this reread the book, and it used to be one of my favorites. And I'm like, but I don't wanna reread it. Because what if it doesn't hold up? What if it's not as good?
1: But at the same time, when you read it or watched the the film adaptation or whatever When you for it meant something to you then, right? Yes. So, like, you're a young kid watching this, you think, oh, life is an adventure. Life is all about like taking risks. And granted, there are bad decisions that this character makes, and she's incredibly risky with her life and the life of others but like
2: but it turns out okay it
1: it allows like a kid to be like oh life can be carefree and you don't have to necessarily listen to authority I guess sure I don't know why this film either didn't
2: radicalize us as kids or just further entrenched us like because everything will turn out fine if you're rich and you're white that is the moral of this movie if you're rich and you're white
1: everything is okay oh Mm -hmm. my god
2: I hate Pippi now (laughs)
1: <laughs> Granted, her books like Sweden is very white, <laughs> so <Yes. sighs> but to your point, yeah, yeah. And like, what I guess I'm trying to think of how they could redo this today. I, I don't think oh. they should, I, or given it I another shot, they could. I think the huge mistake this movie does is setting it in the 1950s. I think that if, if yeah, they were going to make, make an American version, they should have done it in like. 80s America when this when it was filmed,
0: yeah. you could definitely remake this movie. Like the the thing is, you know, you'd have to be able to give the character some depth. You'd have to be, you know, you'd have to be able to because I we we didn't talk about her with her mom and and not dealing with the loss of her mom. But you'd have to be able to like yeah. flesh her out as a character, flesh the parents out a bit more.
1: Yeah, I do want to say like the whole mom, as someone who's lost a parent and and the whole mom thing, I thought it was really insulting in this movie. Watching it because you don't hear anything about her mom until maybe like an hour in and then there's this really awkward scene where she's talking to Tommy and Annika's mom but oh and I think about you know life gets hard I I look up in the sky and I think about my mom and ask her questions and she like fake cries and rubs it away from her eye and it's just like this is awkward Mm -hmm. and then later on she's like talks to her mom in the stars and ends the conversation by going, okay, go back to playing your harp now. And I was like, Oh my God, throw me Mm -hmm. off a bridge. I can't stand this.
2: Yeah. They could have made that. So I feel like for being made in the 1980s, but having it take place in the fifties, there weren't enough really good montages. Right. And there was no flashback. And I'm like, I feel like you could have used flashback to add some more depth.
1: Time
0: meant nothing in this movie so
1: which i mean is true to the universe right like i at the end there's a this ends almost at christmas with all of them like singing christmas carols yeah there's like snow on the ground there's snow on the ground she gets a puppy and the next day Mm -hmm. it's she leaves to go with her dad and there's no snow on the ground or are we supposed to believe that's months later because if so why isn't the puppy bigger
0: I thought it was the next <gasps> day, and I'm yeah. like, "You, yeah. l- you just got that puppy. You and you're giving left it, away. it. I was yeah, curious. and you, you took you took the horse and the monkey, but you left the puppy. How dare you! Mm-hmm. I also thought how irresponsible it was of Eileen Brennan to give her that puppy. Yes.
2: Oh yeah, it's a terrible idea.
1: I did like that yes. irritable young British girl in it, though, who <laughs> was always upset
2: mrs banister <laughs> are you talking about the other redheaded girl yeah. who was like this the girl head orphan
1: yeah i love she had a great line she goes this girl she's creating havoc and I am like i'm gonna use that word havoc
2: <laughs> so she had also auditioned to be Pippi oh. and didn't win out but they liked her so much they wrote that role in for her and was she, she actually nailed
0: it british was she british because i'm like why is there a british orphanage in I florida know.
1: I don't know. Here are some questions that Brandon had during the movie that he just said out loud. (laughs) Why are all the adults in this movie idiots? Accurate. How are there so many orphans in this tiny town? Yes, very true. She's going to get those children killed. (laughs) Why is she always lying to children? (laughs) Because you're just constantly making shit up. One of the first lines in this movie is like, kind of, is pretty racist, referring to like Asian people as Oriental. Did you guys catch that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I was like, and just like, I was like, ooh, there's a lot of like race, like white people coming in. And it was just like, Oh, yeah, like, oh, I'm this white guy who's coming in,
2: and now, like, I am their king, and I had yes. to go, And I'm like, oh,
1: dude. King of the Cannibals. It was mm. so weird. He's a terrible father. Like, ditching her. Yes. Cousin. And you could tell they were setting this up to be, like, a, a series of movies because. You know, he would come back, or they'd have more adventures, and those bumbling idiots would try, and like, cause the bumbling idiots are like, oh, wait, we didn't get her this time, but we'll get her next time, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, I I apologize for. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we all we all have to have our Halloween three, you know.
0: (gasps) But I like Halloween three. (laughs) And lots of people do. Okay. This movie Halloween none of us 3 liked, is way
1: better
2: than this film. Thank I would watch you. I would <laughs> watch
1: this over Halloween three.
2: <laughs> you would watch Pippi over Halloween three. I would. No.
1: I would. There's I at would. least it's like scarier. a little bit of it's artistry scarier.
2: in Halloween three. It's scarier. It's,
0: scarier. <laughs> it's, it's scarier, scarier in a different
2: level. Well, yes.
1: point, Halloween three point. has more this movie has more bops than Halloween three. Halloween three only has <laughs> the one song.
0: But that is also an earworm. But yeah, yes.
1: Well, to wrap it up, I'm not even gonna bother asking you. You guys are never gonna watch this movie ever again. <laughs> No, No. So Tammy Maybe Aaron Maybe if I never, did drugs again. I you know put it on. Ashley, if you ever decide to do that again, call me and we'll zoom <laughs> we'll zoom and watch it watch together. <laughs> no. I think
2: I would I think I would rather never do drugs again, just so I
1: wouldn't have to watch this again. <laughs> well, Tammy Aaron Really, never acted again. She did a couple of things here and there. She has kind of had an it- interesting post-Pippi life. She was a UN ambassador for UNICEF for some time. She actually works on a clothing line of like Pippi-related clothing. Still? Mm-hmm. And she also has an eco fashion line called hearts.com that works with like lots of artisans to recycle clothing and accessory and accessories for international charity. So she's like done. Oh, good. Interesting. Years ago, an ex-boyfriend of hers was going to sell a sex tape of her. So what she did is she took the control and sold it herself so she could profit off of it. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very interesting.
0: What a very pippy thing to do. Very
1: pippy thing to take control But yes, I, I was trying to find information about her now, and it seems like the only recent videos are is like TMZ finding her on the street and calling her Pippy. And she's like graciously stopping and talking to them about like yeah, I was Pippy, you know.
0: Did Tommy Tommy and Annika do they, anything?
1: So Annika never did another thing. Tommy did an episode of Law and Order. Who hasn't done an episode of Law Who hasn't? Order, but right? early, early on, like Law & Order from like 1991. But I couldn't find anything about him or her. But yeah, like, I mean, as we mentioned, Dennis Dugan became a film director. And I mean, we, we've already discussed Eileen Brennan on Clue. She she lived a longer life and, and uh, passed away a couple years ago. But, you know, there are a lot of people who love this movie. I'm sure they'll have thoughts and may say that we are wrong. And I say to them, Please rewatch it now.
0: <laughs> yes, I watched it on. Uh, I rented it on iTunes for four dollars that I will never get back. You
1: did? I rented it off Amazon for three. You got ripped oh, off. I was gonna say. I also, I also
2: went the Amazon route. So,
1: yeah. at some point, you're going to get the theme song just popping in your head. Yeah, because they play Long's it stuck a million times. Into into world. World. We're terrible. Oh my god, we're so yes.
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like we. Are not doing it justice. I mean, it's already terrible,
1: right? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> so eighties. So you gotta 80s. love it. You gotta love how bad it was. I'm, I'm glad that the we started our new season off with with really uh, something. I'm going it was special in its own way. A real bang way. in its own way. Real bang. We just start off 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope Pippi
2: is not an indicator of yeah
1: 2021. Oh God. I know, she was fearless. She was fearless. She is. Well, uh, you know, we've got a couple more weeks of Book It, and I do want to say in a couple weeks we're going to have our first guest. Ah,
0: Yay! Yay.
1: So we're very excited about that. But before we get into any of that, Katie, do you want to preview what we're going to be watching next week?
0: Yes. So book to film adaptations is very important for me because it's actually how I started reading horror books in the first place when I was a kid because I always wanted to my theory to find a good book was I was like oh if someone made a movie of it someone out there must have thought it was worth investing in so the book must be good that's not always true, as I've read through, but it, it it's how I actually started reading a lot of a lot of good horror stuff. So the movie that I'm going to have us watch next week, not the best, but it is one of my all time favorite favorite books, and one that has been tried to adapt it into several films, and no film has ever really gotten it. It's 2007's I Am Legend. Based off of the Richard Matheson book of the same name, and this is the one that stars Will Smith. It was pretty big at the time, so like I said, very excited to see who, who's seeing it for the first time. Ashley, me, Graham, me, Graham. also me. <gasps> Yay! I can't believe neither. Okay, cool. I don't well, think then, I did. I
2: don't. I'm like, think I, I may not. have no. seen snippets on TV yeah. here and there, but I have is no clear horror? memory of start to finish. It is
0: horror. I have a scene. I have a feeling there's one scene you are both going to be very upset about
2: do they kill a dog
1: <laughs> oh Don't my god
0: i'm not gonna say but there's one scene that's very upsetting okay. regardless i'm i'm really excited to talk about it mainly because i love the book so much in fact i'm gonna actually start reading it tonight oh, because i the, love the, it yeah the last time i read it i read it in one day is okay, it long great. it's great
2: what how, how long is the book approximately a couple hundred pages or
0: yeah it's not that long at all okay it's not it's not a king size brick
2: yeah. Also, his books never get done to justice. It's like very, can, very can, few I, Stephen I, I, King I adaptations. Talk about that week, yeah. have,
1: no, so so we'll talk out. about Stephen King next week. Mm-hmm. Fine.
2: Yeah,
1: I want to. Yeah, I do want to do a little mini. Let me introduce you.
2: <gasps> Yay, Ooh, mini. Let me introduce you. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat>
1: well, I just want <laughs> to talk. About, just I just. Well, I want to talk about something that's really changed my life, and maybe we'll get a sponsorship out of this. Is it a bidet?
2: Because um, a bidet like is a, amazing.
1: So, y'all, we got a Tushy. Got a tushy yes!
2: <laughs> oh, my you God! I didn't know you were going to talk about a bidet, but, oh, my God, they're fucking so, phenomenal. Again,
1: we, this is not an ad, but Tushy, but tushy feel free, free. to us. I will gladly talk about it to, to, the, to the end of the world. I have never had a bidet before in my life, oh, and so I've cool. never used a bidet in my life. I was always so scared. Yeah, me either. I was <gasps> so scared what's going to do my butt. And you can't. And you know what? You can't get me off the Dan thing. I'm on that thing, and I'm just like, this is wonderful. <laughs> what? <laughs> is, it, is the tissue is the bidet your third? Like, what's going on here? Oh, my God. I just, like, sometimes I just, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just going to sit here and just, like turn the knob, and it goes, me! And I go, woo I don't want to go back. I, 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 mean, not I, will, to get, I will never.
2: Not to get too graphic, but, like, people, you can either have a gentle stream of water cleaning you or use bits of paper. That mm-hmm. never truly gets you clean enough. Let's be honest, and like I, I'm one of those people where I actually put it out. So like before we bought our house, I was like, "There's two bathrooms. We got to get another bidet, right?" And I asked for a tushy for Christmas. This, this is what happens as an adult in our family now. I'm like, "Oh, what sort of house
1: things can I get?" I want something to clean my asshole. <laughs>
0: And the man we hired to do that, you know, it's COVID, so he can't really make it. So we had to get a tushy. So we had to get a tushy. But no, like, I I tried
2: to have one with warm water in, an, in a duplex that we rented years ago, but the mm. water would never get warm enough. Mm. And honestly, I like the cold, like, room temperature. Wa- like, it's, it's
1: refreshing. Great. I Katie, don't need have it to every, be warm. Katie, have you used potatoes? Because you need to get I've,
0: one. I've never used one. Uh. My boyfriend is against us getting one. I Why? I mentioned it. I was like... I don't know.
1: Katie, Um, it's an attach-on. Just get it.
0: Yeah, it's just like you just put it
2: on there, and he doesn't have to use it if he doesn't want to. They're actually, like, if you have an updated toilet, they're really not that hard to put on because you just shut off the water at the back. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't need, I mean, you need, like, a wrench or something else. But they're surprisingly easy to put
1: on.
0: All right, maybe I'll just get it for me.
2: It's going to change your life. It will. Oh, my God. Also, you won't have to,
1: like, you know, worry about, like, going, going and get all this toilet paper. Because it's just like.
2: That's the other thing, too. It's like perfect for 2020. Wa- you don't have to worry about the run and on toilet paper. It's not as wasteful.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh my God. So you
0: don't use the water and then the toilet paper you to just, dry? You, just,
1: you can use toilet paper to dry. But a but visual you wanna,
0: medium, Graham.
1: <laughs> yeah. You just pat, pat your bum.
0: Some people have like
2: specific bum towels because you clean yourself completely with the water mm-hmm. and you're just patting yourself dry and then you can, re- like, Tushy even sells them. So,
1: Listeners, do you like bidets? Tell us about your bidet stories. Yes, please Follow- do. <laughs> Tishi, please contact us. I will. I will talk about you every week if you give. Us oh,
2: I day. will definitely talk about it every week.
1: I'm obsessed. I can't get enough of it. I'm gonna go use it now. So let's end it up this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Find us. On Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter, right? Because we're doing Twitter this season. Ooh, right, yeah, Ashley? no, I'll do Twitter this yeah, season. Ashley. Yeah, for sure. Let me intro you. Right, review, subscribe. We love what you all have been telling us, um, and we're so eager to to try some new things this this season. And just thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, welcome to season two, y'all. Woo,
1: season two, season what? Two. what? Thank bye. you. All right, bye. 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 Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.